Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello there, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here with Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, February 24th, 2022. It's about 10.10 in the morning on the East Coast of the United States. Welcome to a very special edition of Judging Freedom with a very special guest who needs very little introduction. You can see him there on the screen, Alex Jones. Alex, of course, is uh, one of the great provocateurs of our time. He's also one of the kings of the hill on radio and podcasting with an enormous audience an audience that I welcome uh, into my podcast today. Alex, it's a pleasure, my dear friend. Uh, Welcome to Judging Freedom. Judge, it's great to be here. I wish that we were in more peaceful times, but boy, there's a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. So this morning we woke up and found out that uh, Russia is engaged in a full-scale invasion uh, of the Ukraine uh, for reasons best known to, to President Putin and never clearly articulated. What, if anything, should the United States do about it? Well, I mean, my foreign policy views are very similar to yours. I'm, I'm more of a Monroe Doctrine type of guy. I don't think we should be the American empire. And I think we should control our borders first and uh, really promote our sovereignty and our freedom first. And then we can lecture the world with the things we've seen with the Democratic Party and the surveillance and the spying and the January 6th police state activities, the persecution of people, and the U.S. launching all these wars four, five, six, seven thousand, ten thousand miles away, uh, we don't have really a lot of moral authority, at least in the government, to criticize or attack Putin. But I don't lionize Putin. I don't think that, uh, you know, Russia is an angel. Uh, But NATO clearly, since the fall of the Soviet Union, had a handshake deal not to expand to Russia's borders. They've expanded five times. So this is the fifth expansion with a lot of heavy A-class weapons, anti-aircraft and anti-tank weapons, $5 billion worth in just the last year and billions before that in the last eight years. And so there's really a proxy war that's been ongoing in the east of Ukraine in those classically held uh, Russian areas that Lenin and Stalin in two different pieces uh, signed over to Ukraine. And so the ethnic Russians have been getting targeted uh, and Putin has been saying for about five years, I may move in there Uh, if you don't stop doing this. And so the Russians began basically losing the proxy war in the last six months. There's a new viral clip on Twitter out there where I went on air in October and I said, I've been told by high-level sources that there's going to be war in late January or into February and that Russia may move, that China may move into Taiwan. I first learned about that from a very, very wealthy person, I'll leave it at that, who said, hey, you better be ready for next February uh, or, or January or February. Then I made a call to an individual I know that works in Army Special Operations. And he said, yeah, how do you know that? That's the word we've got. Uh, And then I saw Elon Musk saying, look for a major stock market dip in February. I know he's dialed in. 
And so I went on air and I said, I believe this stuff's going to kick off in January or February of last year. Uh, that's not Nostradamus. It's not a crystal ball. So right, right, uh, right. Russia. So, look, all of that, all of that is happening. Uh, as of a few seconds ago, the market was down uh, 800 points. I think the market knew that this was going to happen. The professionals knew that this was going to happen. I, I think the best thing to do today is not even to look uh, at your securities because everything's um, everything's in red. But but getting back to uh, getting back to Putin, I don't even think we should be engaged in a proxy war. Now, like you, I don't I don't lionize him. I don't know what motivates him. He may be a killer. He may have been a killer. He's a an ex uh, KGB agent. But if the Chinese, I'll use Ron Paul's analogy. You may have used this as well, Alex. We may have discussed it together on your show. If the Chinese, like NATO, had put um, sophisticated weaponry in Mexico aimed at Texas, don't you think we would do something about it? Well, that's right. I mean, if, if the Chinese or the Russians put any aircraft and any tank missiles on our border, the U.S. would learn about it in about four or five days. They'd say, you pull that off within a week, just like Kennedy did, the Cuban Missile Crisis, or we're going to blow it up. And it's, it's real simple that if anybody did anything like what's happening on the border of Russia, we would go to war with them. And so that's what's so provocative. And as much as I don't like war and as much as I don't like some of the things Putin does, and I'm not naive about him, look at what's happening over here and look at how Biden pushed and attacked and shipped weapons in and made all these statements about how he would crush the Russians. Well, the Russians basically are tired of being pushed around. And you saw what happened with Napoleon and the Russians. We saw what happened with Hitler and the Russians. And at the end of the day, when the Russians are under attack, they're not going to back down. And so all Putin wanted was an announcement by NATO that they would not invoke Article 5 of the NATO Charter and take Ukraine uh, into NATO. And they would not give him that. Uh, and so he put troops on the border as a message, you better do it. And when they didn't, he called their bluff and invaded. Let me uh, suggest something that uh, Putin did, which... I think is consistent with international law and even consistent with libertarian theory. He recognized two separatist states within Ukraine, which voted by majority vote to secede from Ukraine. Now, you and I and most of the people watching us now believe, just as the 13 colonies seceded from Great Britain in 1776, you and I believe that when the central government is uh, no longer representing the will of the locals or is actively assaulting the natural rights of the locals, the locals have the right to secede. So well, as, well, as much as he was vilified for signing those documents on international television the other day, he had every right to do that because those breakaway states have the right to secede and become independent entities. Agree or disagree, Alex? Well, you're the famous judge and author, but I mean, that's the Declaration of Independence. It's why we right. celebrate That's why we celebrate July 4th. And, and, and that's where I was a month ago. I said he'll probably take those two breakaway regions that are 90 plus percent ethnic Russians. That was always part of Russia. Russia was born in, in uh, the ninth century in what is Ukraine today. Then Ukraine basically founded what is Russia. So that's the, the home of the Slavic people. The founder of it was called Slav. His last name was Slavov, or I'm pronouncing it wrong. And so that's why they're called Slavs. Their founder, like George Washington's our founder, 
you know, 250 years ago or so, their founder, 1,100 plus years ago, is this Slav fellow. And so that's their birthplace being taken. And Putin said, you can have your sovereignty. You're our birthplace. We want to just do deals with you. We don't want to occupy you. You know, we know a lot of the Western Ukrainians see themselves as more German or, you know, other groups. There's always been that split. But right. we don't want this war, but we're not going to let you be a proxy state. And so when Putin took those areas uh, and, and, and under his wing and said he would protect them, because they declared independence, I think that was something we could probably agree with because NATO started it. Now that he's blowing up all the different military bases and equipment, uh, I mean, hundreds of bombings an hour around the country, destroying their, their military, he's calling it demilitarizing. Uh, I understand why Putin's doing it, but I think it's a very dangerous escalation. And I, and I think he may be biting off more than he can chew. What do you think? Well, it's certainly against international law. I mean, it's against the UN Charter. It's a, it's against the Minsk Agreement, which he personally signed uh, in 2015. But let's just go back uh, a few years, Alex, to 2014, when Ukraine had a popularly elected government that did not want to join NATO and wanted to remain neutral as to NATO and Moscow. What did the American CIA do? They fomented a coup against that government and chased the popularly elected neutral president of Ukraine to Moscow. And now that coup is coming back to bite the West. That's what I say. You're this totally right. I mean, this is all the fault of the Barack Obama. I don't know that he personally was involved, but it's all the fault of the CIA under President Obama in 2014. Well, you're right. And remember, later they declassified the cables after the Russians leaked them of the ambassadors over in the EU saying, screw the EU, screw Europe, because the EU was complaining, saying, you're going to destabilize Europe and Putin may come in. And, and if people remember, you can pull up the quotes, but they said, screw the EU and screw Russia. Basically, the State Department and Obama's people continuing what Biden was involved in with Hunter were just basically using their power to annex that into their own system. That's why Putin said when he signed these orders uh, to start invading Ukraine a few days ago, he said, you're not just a puppet of the EU, you're a puppet of multinational corporations. And that's right. absolutely true. And he said, I'm not going to let a, a multinational consortium, because he correctly explained, it's this club of Rome, Bilderberg Group, Davos Group, corporate system using the State Department it controlled under Obama and Biden and Hillary to then basically go in and take control of Ukraine and then make the Ukrainian government pay them large percentages of all of their uh, energy and other systems. So it, it's, it's now like a duchy of the left that they basically suck off of. All right. I don't want anybody listening to us to misunderstand us. If Putin, if Putin is targeting uh, civilians, that's a war crime. And if Putin is invading Ukraine to take it over, that is profoundly against international law. But Alex and I are attempting to explain the historical uh, and political background as to how we got here. Switching gears a little bit. What the heck is going to be accomplished, Alex, in your opinion, by the imposition of sanctions on Vladimir Putin and his uh, inner circle? I mean, why prevent the son of his top security guy from borrowing money from a Russian bank. That's only going to come back to bite us. Look at the price of oil this morning and look at the, the stock market this morning. 
Joe Biden's sanctions are making that worse on Americans. Exactly. We've just come off two years of lockdowns in many parts of the world. The supply chain's already seriously damaged. We already have massive inflation. And I woke up yesterday and the corporate media that went from saying there is no inflation a year ago to it's only transitory to it's not that bad to now, oh my gosh, it's all Putin's fault. And now Putin's responding by blocking fertilizer and potash or the second largest uh, exporter of that in the world. That's going to cause major economic and uh, energy problems around the world. They're now blocking Nord Stream 2 that was going to deliver more gas to Europe. Biden's already killed the Israeli pipeline going into Europe. He's already killed the Keystone pipeline. And so you put this whole perfect storm together. Uh, this is really Klaus Schwab's great reset. And this is going to cause a worldwide economic collapse, which the Davos group and others brag they're going to use to consolidate control. So I think there's a method to this madness that's going to squeeze and really hurt the average Russian, the average Nigerian, the average American, the average person in the UK, the right. average Canadian, and it's going to hurt the average Russian, but it's not going to hurt the same billionaires clubs who on average doubled their money in the last two years of the pandemic. You mentioned uh, Nordstrom, uh, Nord Stream 2, so that uh, the folks listening to us know what we're talking about. This is a, an underwater pipeline that sells natural gas from Russia to Germany. That's Nord Stream, Nord Stream 1. Nord Stream 2 is another one which is not yet built. So these people that you're talking about, particularly the Americans and probably Joe Biden, do not want Germany, for example, which is the other end of the Nord Stream pipelines, to be dependent on Russia for natural gas. They don't want that alliance. They don't want a peaceful, natural, commercial relationship, amicable relationship between Germany and Russia. They'd rather Germany were dependent upon us. And to that extent, Joe Biden is going to make things worse. Honestly, I don't know what he can do. He can't bring troops in. Uh, a, a proxy war uh, is futile and just kills innocent young men. But the sanctions that he's imposing are going to cause heartache uh, and, and, and misery on millions of innocent people who have nothing whatsoever to do with Russia versus the Ukraine. Agree or disagree? It's perfectly said. And this level of corporate global brinksmanship, again, is extremely dangerous. And uh, most of the blame falls on... As you rightfully said, this goes back to Obama, this goes back to Biden, uh, and them setting up this modern uh, coup for a puppet state that they could milk. And then that was one thing. Russia's like, okay, you stole the country with a coup. Now you're robbing it. Well, we don't like that, but okay, rob them. Uh, and you know, the Russians have that history of exploiting their neighbors. Well, now they're putting all the military and equipment in, Biden is, and Putin said, okay, that's it. You're not doing this. But the, the worst thing is, killing our Keystone Pipeline right when it was completed. Right. Nord Stream 2 is like 99% completed. And then on top of that, you have this as big Israeli Arab pipeline uh, that was going to bring gas into Europe instead of the Russians, and that's been killed because it's not good for the earth. And as the energy secretary said a few months ago, we're in a transition. Yeah, a transition to Great Depression. I mean, this is outrageous. It, it's because just crazy. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. What's wrong with government today, government in the United States? It's extremely predatory. And if you look at just the Keystone Pipeline and how Soros, Buffett, and a few others control the railway in central Canada, 
that now ships all of that oil and gas to the West Coast to be shipped to China and Japan, where they can get almost twice as much. So they didn't want all that shipped by a pipeline to Shreveport and to Houston, where we could get up to a 30% uh, energy cut just from that giant pipeline system. It's not just one pipeline out of Canada. It spurs all over Canada and all over the North and the Midwest to, to, to develop and bring all that energy to America and then export that energy that we have extra. We were energy independent, the biggest uh, exporter of energy within two years of Trump being in. And now within a year of him being out, we are now not energy independent. We are now importing massive amounts and it's special interest. No, the best way to make money is monopolies. And so if they can shut down all their competition, whether it's the Russians or the Israelis uh, or American companies, they can make even more money and power. And it's sick. It's feudalism. You've studied history. Almost every culture, whether it was the ancient Romans or whether it was the Babylonians or the Egyptians or the ancient Japanese, all, the Chinese, all these groups would had feudalism and they would keep the general public very poor and, and at a subsistence level as a mode of control. Right. The Renaissance 500 years ago said, let's stop that. Let's build everybody up, rising tides, raise all ships. Well, under globalism and under the Great Reset, it's going back to a feudalist system, but administered through a, quote, technocracy and a global social credit score. And that's why they want to plunge the world economy and crash it to bring in this new global digital currency. So the government today in America, whether we're talking about the governor of uh, New York forcing you to wear masks or the governor of New Jersey, I'm going back a year now, uh, not permitting more than 25 people to assemble in one place for any reason, unless it was a political reason with which he agreed, whether it's Joe Biden ordering uh, masks uh, on, uh, on all employees that have uh, all employers to enforce his regulation and claiming he can look at the medical records of employees where the 100 or more people uh, are employed. Government recognizes no limits on its power. Government thinks it can do whatever it can get away with politically. Government looks at the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and even the statutes that restrain it as just pieces of paper which is why I was so elated uh, at the first two weeks of the truckers uh, in Canada. But then eventually government does what it is, what it likes to do, declares an emergency, suspends civil liberties, arrests without warrant, incarcerates without trial, seizes assets uh, without a warrant uh, or without a trial, and gets away with it. What are we well, that's where I was going next because you're you're you understand the history and the law better than I do, certainly in most. What do you make of Trudeau? And they've now are charging over a hundred people so far. Excuse me, not charging them, saying we're holding you for trial, but then not even charging them and holding people for peacefully protesting, including the the lady that led the whole thing peacefully, without bond before trial but then haven't even officially fully charged her. They've done a few charges, but they said more are coming and they've announced a big quote dragnet and they've seized people's bank accounts. I mean, under the law, what do you call that? Is that not a form of martial law or what would you call that? Well, it's a form of, of totalitarianism. Now he, he, he ended his own emergency decree. I mean, it's insane that a person can grab emergency powers on his own in, in the United States of America. There is no, thanks be to God, emergency exception 
uh, to the Constitution. There was no emergency in Canada, even by the definition of the statute uh, that he used. That statute requires that there be a serious breach of national security, that the government couldn't operate without the emergency. Baloney. The government was embarrassed because the truckers were had hit a raw nerve, which is that the government was telling people what they had to put on their faces when you're confined in the cab of a truck. It's not like these, these truckers were healthcare workers. They were driving their own trucks, and the government was insisting that they wear uh, the mask. But did, I'm sure you saw that viral uh, video of an 80-year-old man passed a sign saying, if you if you agree with the truckers, blow your horn. He blew his horn. The cops stopped the car, yanked him out of the car, handcuffed him behind his back, and took him away because he expressed a political opinion contrary to the government. Can that happen here, Alex Jones? Well, I think uh, it has happened here, and, and Senator Paul pointed out that what we see with the January 6th tyranny is now being exported around the world to Canada and other areas. And now America, instead of being the castle on the hill, the lot on the hill that Ronald Reagan and others talked about as an example of freedom, we are now becoming an example of tyranny. And then we lose our moral high ground with places like Russia uh, and China. And, and as you know, the Democrats are running uh, on these midterms on the American people being terrorists. And, and Biden in, in June of last year, he issued the new terrorism directive telling the FBI and Homeland Security that the main threat isn't radical Islam. The main threat isn't China or Russia or the Mexican mafia or MS-13. No, that it is people that question lockdowns, people that question open borders, and people that question the election. And they officially have been running around saying that that should be illegal. And they've got big polls out where almost half of Democrats want people put in jail that don't take these experimental shots and want people put in jail that peacefully protest, that they're actually telling Rasmussen and they're actually telling uh, other major polls right. that this is what they want. I mean, they have successfully converted a large portion of the Democratic Party into folks that would fit in nicely in North Korea. Wow. Look, the Supreme Court has ruled that you are the master of your own body. You decide what goes on your body and you decide what goes in your body. And the government has signed the uh, Nuremberg Protocols, which is a, a treaty shortly after World War II that prohibits the forcible uh, injection of chemical experiments uh, into the body. I mean, wearing a mask is a sign of humiliation and allowing the government to enter your body, either directly or indirectly, is a sign of humiliation. The government doesn't recognize individuals as sovereign anymore. The government thinks that, as I said earlier, it's sovereign and it can do whatever it can get away with. Alex, I'll give you the last word. And, and I can't thank you enough for all your time today. The, the emails and texts that are coming in are over the top, Alex, because you're on with me. A couple of them want you and me to run for president. <laughs> well, you and me to run together, but they don't say who's the president and who's the vice president. <laughs> I, I think I'd have to be the vice president. You'd probably do a better job than me, but <laughs> you would actually make a good president. I probably wouldn't. But, but seriously, People need to promote your show. I see it all over the place. It's getting very, very popular. But, you know, you got censored a lot for telling the truth about how Trump was being spied on, and they really backbenched you then and then phased you out, even though you were one of the big stars over at Fox. And so we need the Phoenix to really rise again. Everybody should promote this interview and the other great interviews you do and share it. 
and just make sure the cancel culture isn't successful. And folks need to know that I'm still here at Infowars.com and Band.video, but you can't share those links online. They block them. So we have backup links uh, like futurenews.news. And folks, spread the word. Alex Jones is still on air. And after being deplatformed four years ago, we did have about, no exaggeration, 10 million viewers and listeners a day. We got knocked back to a couple million. And thanks to talk radio, we were able to stay on air and not go bankrupt, though I, we almost did. And then we've slowly built back up now via word of mouth of listeners that 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 Alex Jones lives and the forbidden information is at Bandot Video. So thank you so much, Judge, and, and thank you for coming on my show. Thank you uh, for coming on uh, Freedom Watch, Alex. All the best to you. Judge Napolitano with Alex Jones, Judging Freedom.